Welcome back to Travels with Alicia. This is part two of Washington, D.C. Let's focus on the National Mall. There is so much to see and do around this area. It's the center of sightseeing in D.C. The nickname for it is America's Front Yard. It's very large. It's a five-mile loop and 146 acres. It would take you about an hour and a half to walk around the National Mall. I would recommend to allot at least three hours because there's so many buildings and monuments that you'll want to see that you're going to need that extra time. The architect of the National Mall was Pierre Charles L'Enfant, and they actually named the metro station that's closest to the National Mall after him. So L'Enfant Metro Station is the station that everyone gets off if you're happening to stay further out from the National Mall, that would be your uh, metro station to get off at. So if we look at the National Mall, on the eastern end is the Capitol Building. And then if you uh, look up to the north, that's where the White House is. It's surrounded by lots of monuments and museums. It's, the, it's really an amazing place from a tourist perspective. But before we jump into all the things to do on the National Mall, if you're planning a trip, where are the best places that you should stay? What are the accommodations that are available? And the ones I'm going to mention are actually within walking distance. So I think my first pick in the first three or five-star hotels would be Riggs, Washington, D.C. It's, it's an amazing hotel. It's built in a former bank building, and it has a great restaurant and a great bar. And the, the, the restaurant and bar are really well known in the area. So even if you're not staying at the hotel, it's definitely a, a place to go check out and have lunch um, or a drink. The second choice would probably be the Intercontinental at the Willard. This is right across the street from the Portrait Gallery. And it's also a beautiful hotel and a good choice. The final hotel that's within walking distance that I will recommend is the Waldorf Astoria. This is a very high-end luxury hotel. It's probably more expensive than the other two, but if you have the money, it's very luxurious. And I did, I was in DC last weekend. So I went by the hotel just to get a glimpse and go in and look at the Christmas decorations. And uh, it's just beautiful. So if, if you are able to do it, I, I recommend it. If not, I would say the Kimpton Hall Monaco is another great choice. Um, that's a four-star hotel, and it, it is just beautiful and trendy, and, and I love those Kimpton hotels. That would be a good choice. Another choice that's a little more budget-friendly is the Citizen M, D.C. Capitol. I think there's two Citizen M hotels in, D in Washington, D.C., so make sure you look at the one that says Capitol because that one's within walking distances. I think it's less than 15 minutes. But again, these hotels are very modern. They have big open, like shared spaces, very small hotel rooms, but they have great views. They have, they just have a real trendy feel, even though they're not expensive. So just keep that in mind. So what are some of the best ideas to start your sightseeing and your planning of your trip? First of all, this is very walkable. It's a lot of walking, so, you know, you really have to pack the sneakers and save the shoes, the, the nicer things to go out in the evening. But it's a very walkable, you know, place to do your sightseeing. But also there's a lot of bike tours, so that's an option. 
and they have the hop on hop off buses and there's 40 stops on that on that route so again if you're not able to do a significant amount of walking or you want to be more efficient that's a, another good choice they also have segway tours so i think it's pretty much everything's available um, for any kind of tour that you want to do but i would say of all the different destinations, I think Washington DC is a good place to actually do a tour because you get a lot of really good information. They'll tell you the interesting stories and facts behind the monuments or buildings that you're seeing. So while I am not a huge fan of lots and lots of tours, if you get a chance, I would recommend, you know, picking one or two in DC and doing that because I just think you're going to get lots of information. And so, like, for example, they have so many interesting ones. Uh, one of the tours I saw online was called Politics and Pints, and it's a Capitol Hill tour. So I think they would make it really fun by going to a lot of the pubs that probably a lot of the politicians go to, and you probably would get a lot of um, fun insight that you wouldn't get on other tours. Um, another thing you can do is if you're in Washington, D.C. for a few days, an interesting tour is to actually go into Virginia. And as I mentioned in the first episode, Virginia borders Washington, D.C. You can do a tour of George Washington's home, which is Mount Vernon, and Old Town Alexandria. And I actually did that this last past weekend, and it's 15 minutes from downtown D.C. So again, the very interesting tours that will be available to you. One last thing I'm going to mention about tours is, and, and I do connect D.C. to New York a lot when I'm talking, because if you're traveling from the Midwest or from the West Coast, or you're an international traveler, you most likely will want to do New York City and Washington, D.C. They're very, very different, but highly worthy of hitting both of those cities. And if you're in New York, because that's usually the first destination people choose if they're coming to the East Coast. If you're in New York, you can easily do a day trip to Washington, D.C. from New York. So if you don't have the extra days to say come and spend two days or three days in Washington, you can always do a full day. It'd be a very full day, but you could, I think they're bus tours. You could do a bus tour and everything will be organized and planned for you. So just keep that in mind. So what are the must-sees on the National Mall. There's at least eight must-sees, and there are endless other things that you can find as you're wandering around. But number one would be the Franklin D. Roosevelt Memorial. It's divided basically into four outdoor rooms, and it's modeled after his four terms. Each of these rooms have statues and murals, and you can really learn about the history. There's great views of the tidal basin, and you can see all the cherry blossoms when they're in bloom from there. So the Franklin D. Roosevelt Museum is, is definitely something you should put at the top of your list. Next, I'd probably hit the Korean War Veterans Memorial. This one is very interesting as well. It's basically 19 statues of soldiers, and they actually there's a reflection that goes a, um, on a wall there. And this symbolizes the border between North and South Korea. It's a very creative uh, memorial and one that you should definitely um, see if you're on the National Mall. Number three would be the Thomas Jefferson Memorial. And this is like a mini 
Roman temple. It is one of the most beautiful monuments. It has marble steps and columns, and inside there's a bronze statue of Thomas Jefferson. I guess number four, I'd probably go to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. This is one of the most visited memorials. It's a place where people go, unfortunately, to grieve. There's pilgrimages here, and that visitors leave mementos, letters, and photos of their loved ones. Number five would be the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial. This is the newest memorial on the National Mall. And this is a statue of Martin Luther King that was carved into a, a large stone. And this is considered the Stone of Hope. And then there's two large pieces of granite that are close by, and these are the Mountains of Despair. So, you know, I, you really can learn a lot by going to these memorials, and there's usually information on them. Very, very creative and, and can be very, very moving and touching. Number six is the National World War II Memorial. This is honoring 16 million men, women, and dogs who served overseas. This is the only memorial I know that is honoring the dogs that served overseas. So I think that's really interesting. And it's honoring also the 400,000 who perished. So this, this memorial is very, very interesting. And I, at this time, I just want to mention there's an organization called Honor Flights. And this company or this organization connects veterans with pilots and companies that have planes. And they fly the veterans to the World War II, the Korean and the Vietnam vet memorials. So they are actually bringing these veterans to see the memorials and to get the recognition they deserve from the service that they've given to our country. So I think that's really, really amazing. Just a little aside here, when my family was in the Hawaii USS Arizona Memorial, that recognizes the attack on Pearl Harbor and our entrance into World War II. They actually had veterans sitting there for us to, to go up and thank and recognize. And, and my children took pictures with them, and they were so happy to be able to talk to the young children and talk about their experience. And I save those pictures to this day. So it is very moving. And um, if you're really lucky, you might get to see a veteran at one of these memorials. The last two must-sees I mentioned in the first episode, so I won't go into lots of detail. One is Washington Monument. This is that monument that you can see from anywhere in D.C. It's about 550 feet tall, and unfortunately, it's been the site of many suicides. You can still go up the Washington Monument, but there's now like railing and fencing around just to make it safer for people. And the last one I would say is a must-see is the Lincoln Memorial. And this is, again, another gorgeous building with columns and has a beautiful view of the Tidal Basin. And the Tidal Basin is just a man-made reservoir, and it's holding water between the Potomac River and the Washington Channel. And it you can walk all along it, and it's lined with the cherry trees, the cherry blossom trees. So that's worthy of doing. So what else is on the National Mall? We talked about, you know, the eight must-see things. There are so many museums either on the mall or very, very close to it. 
I think in the last episode I talked about the Smithsonian and that they had 19 museums. I, I think I got that wrong. There's actually 20 museums. 11 of them are actually on the National Mall. I'll mention a few. Um, Air and Space Museum and the Natural History Museum. They're two top museums for families. So if you have a family or people that are interested, make sure you see the Air and Space and Natural History Museum. There's the iconic American History Museum. This doesn't only talk about political history, it talks about pop culture. You can see Abraham Lincoln's top hat, um, Dorothy's red slippers, Julia Child's kitchen. So you can see it has a little bit of everything. The newest museum is the African American History Museum. I highly recommend seeing it. One of the things I learned was not only about the history of American slavery, but it started with world history on slavery and how what was going on in the world and so how America fit in with that and how that all unfolded. So I found that very interesting and I really had not learned that in school. So really worth going to see. They also have a great restaurant in there, um, really good fried chicken. They have the collard greens. They have like so many classic African-American dishes and they were fantastic. So highly recommend that. This past weekend, I actually did go to two of the Smithsonian museums that were on the mall. I went to art museums. I went to the Hirshhorn Museum and the National Gallery of Art. They were both fantastic. They both even have sculpture gardens outside. So you get a little bit of both. I think the Hirshhorn was much more modern and contemporary art. And then the National Gallery had a little bit of everything. The National Gallery, their sculpture garden, even had ice skating going on. So they had a huge rink outside with um, ice skating and it looked lots and lots of fun. Anyway, so I just wanted to point out, in addition to the monuments and museums, you have an endless list of museums that you can visit. And the Smithsonian museums are free. So I think I'd like to end this episode on food. You know, you're gonna be walking around a lot and it, I will tell you, it's a little surprising you do not see lots and lots of restaurants. And so that's one of the big differences. When I say, you know, many cities are different, if I compare New York to Washington, you look out any street in New York City, you'll find seems like endless restaurants. That was not the case in D.C. You really have to, especially if you're in the tourist area, they will have a whole line of food trucks that come up on the National Mall at lunchtime. And I tried to do some research. I really couldn't find lots of great reviews on them. So it, it looks super fun and looks wonderful. And if you're in a real hurry, you definitely can go to a food truck. But I wanted to point out some of the restaurants you can go to. So here's one that, you know, I, I've heard a lot of good things about, the U.S. Capitol Cafe. So if you're looking, going to the Capitol building, or even if you're not, anyone can go in to the Capitol Cafe, which is their cafeteria. They have hot food and, you know, sandwiches, salads, but it's kind of cool because there'll be tourists and there'll also be congressmen and staffers all eating lunch together. And um, it'll give you that iconic Washington, D.C. Uh, experience. Another one is the Old Ebbett Grill. 
and that's a classic D.C. Um, restaurant. It's the oldest restaurant in D.C. It's a sit-down restaurant, which is really nice. They have oysters and seafood and lots of comfort food and pasta. It's very family-friendly, and it's only a few blocks from the Washington Monument. They also have a great happy hour from 3 to 5. There's a couple fast food places I'll just mention. One is called We the Pizza, and it's a few steps from the Capitol building. Um, and they have great pizza, highly rated. Another one is District Taco, very, very busy place. And they have tons of sauces for the tacos. And again, that also gets um, rave reviews. I think when I'm talking about casual places, I have to point out the Lincoln Waffle Shop. I, I'm not even sure how to describe this. I want to just call it a dive, but I, I, I'm probably going to, some people would not be happy with me. It is a dive. I mean, it gets over 2,500 reviews, and there are over four-star reviews on, like, TripAdvisor or any of these um, sites. But I want to tell you, they talk about that Lincoln used to eat waffle and eggs here every day. I mean, these aren't true stories, but it's, it's an old place. It's Imagine going into a really old breakfast place. That's what it's like. But people love it. I did not have bad food. Um, not sure I would go back, but it, it is a, a classic, and it's called the Lincoln Waffle Shop, and it's right next to a huge Washington, D.C. gift shop. So you'll be able to get your um, knickknacks and experience the Lincoln Waffle Shop if you want. But again, it does get good reviews, and when I was in there, this wasn't about tourists. This was about there were bus drivers in there, working people, um, and I've heard tons of famous people go there as well, so... You might want to check it out. You might not. But so if you want a, a little bit of a higher end place to go, um, there's a place called Zaytina, and that's owned by a celebrity chef, Jose Andres. And um, it is just gorgeous. It's Mediterranean. It's Greek. It's Middle Eastern. It's in Penn Quarter, again, walking distance from the mall. And it's if you want to just take a break and relax somewhere, it's a great place to do it. And then the last place, I'll, I'll bring us back to the Cafe Riggs, which was in the Riggs Hotel that I talked about as one of my top choices to stay at. They have an American bistro called the Cafe Riggs, and that is a wonderful place to go. It is, it is as well beautiful, but it has um, a kind of modern feel to it. So it is important to seek out, you know, where you're going to eat and and. Some of the museums have quick places to grab a bite, but if you really want to think about the food and you want to have a nice break from all your walking and sightseeing, do a little planning and check out some of the restaurants that I shared with you. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for updates and check out new episodes anywhere you get your podcasts.